This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and this is Better Dieting Episode 2. So if you're not following, um, we have the Better Dieting Group, which is a public group that everybody can join on Facebook. And we tackle a lot of topics similar to the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And the topic that we're going to be talking about today is the cost of wanting to be less. And we'll get a little bit more into that here in a few moments, but I wanted to run through a few things real quick. Uh, we have some big updates. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, are, especially the Android people are starting to see some of the updates to the app that are coming, so that's been really fun. Uh, we've got a couple weeks before we see that ported over to the whole system. So right now it's about 250 to 300 people that are in this sort of guinea pig group. Uh, that are, are able to see kind of the new changes to the app. Now, there are some things that are going to be happening with the app that are actually much bigger when we uh, open it up to the, to the whole group. So keep that in mind that even though it's really cool, even though um, some new things are coming, there are actually bigger things that are going to be happening to um, – the membership and and things of that nature. So with that said, this does give everybody an opportunity to still um, come in at the lower price point for a couple more weeks. And we were sort of hoping to um, kind of port things over a little bit earlier. So this actually gives everybody a chance. So if you have friends and family that are, you know, kind of, you know, looking to tighten their game up for the summer and stuff like that, um we can certainly certainly help it's interesting about summer maybe we could talk about that let me put that in my notes uh talking about summer um but uh yeah kind of the way that we approach summers is a little bit different than than other folks and we can maybe maybe add that on to the the main topic uh we also welcomed a bunch of new coaches or new interns into perform and um, those guys have been doing a great job. I, I kind of jokingly um, referred to when we get a new batch of interns, it's sort of like having new puppies, you know, where like you have these people all, uh, all excited and it's so fun to have new puppies, right? Um, but, uh, you know, from a, from a standpoint of the, the group, you know, it is a heck of a commitment. We actually do have another group of interns that will be coming in, you know, in a month or so. So we're also really excited about about that. So keep an eye out if you've taken the certification um, for posts in that regard in the certification group. Okay, so let's uh, get into things. I have my trusty cohort, Meredith. Um, <laughs> in tow here and uh meredith you want to say hi to everybody and just kind of give people a basic introduction this is your second time uh doing the podcast with her she's going to be a regular on this so uh why don't you talk a little bit about that and what's going on with you this week well um hi everybody um like i said i'm meredith and i um just as a recap i have been with each perform since 2015 Working with each perform as an employee since 2016. Um, been doing a lot more in the last year or so. Um, I also 
I coach CrossFit. In fact, I spent all morning today. I had six classes I had to coach because one of because um, the owner of our gym is out of town. And then um, I also I have a lot of other things I do. I teach yo I've taught yoga for 13 years. Um, I also am a dental hygienist by trade, although I'm only doing that one day a week now. Um, but that's just kind of a little a little history on me, but I absolutely love doing these podcasts with Paul, so I'm glad I get to be a regular. It's a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to him too. Yeah, so so I am sort of like the the ten man as it relates <laughs> to mobility. And uh, Meredith actually, I reached out to Meredith and she gave me a few poses. Um, I worked on the pigeon pose um, and I tried to change my leg position. Yes. Uh, and I. I landed with, because the idea is really to get more of the stretch from your trunk. Is that correct? Right. So it's closer to, you get your pelvis closer to the ground. Yeah. Basically, so it's really stretching your hamstring and your hip flexors. Yeah. The problem is, is that I was feeling it in my glutes initially. So I had, so I had to, well, not that too. (laughs) Like, see, this is what I'm trying to explain to you people. You know, like my experience with yoga it is like complete fear the whole time when I go to because there's a hot yoga place that I used to go to. And I mean, the whole class, I was just like scared shitless to fall onto the person that's right next to me. That's how <laughs> I, I am. And so, um, you know, I, I've been posting a lot of my 30 minute workouts uh, in the Better Dieting group, which uh, I think I'm getting pretty close to, you know, they're just starting to get, you know, uh, redundant at this point and so okay. uh, I'll probably lose that but we're actually we're actually closing in on 5,000 members um, and it, it's going to be one of the biggest groups that we've had in to form 5,000 members in like three weeks you know, that, so yeah in that better dieting group mm-hmm. yeah so um so that's something interesting but but keep an eye out for some of the mobility stuff maybe I'll move from um, quick hitters to um, a little bit more mobility discussion because I do think that uh, well it's interesting you know and, and I want to get into the topic because I think it's going to be pretty meaty but you have people that talk about well I need to do mobility and then they're you know riding on roller pins before they do CrossFit because they're so tight and mm-hmm. And they're just not allowing enough recovery so they can, they can, you know, actually progress, you know? Um, Oh yeah, I do. And, uh, and so that, that's one of the things that, that caused tightness. And so then you, you end up loosening things up a little bit, but you're still kind of tight. So you're marginally better. And that's what leads to overuse issues for a lot of people. Um, plantar fasciitis, great, great example, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you you tell someone that plantar fasciitis is something that is you know requires a good amount of rest and then they're like but how do i run then you know it's funny you bring that up because i had really severe plantar fasciitis before i ran my marathon to the point that i had to have cortisone shots in both my feet before i could actually do it because i'd already paid for it bought the plane tickets we were doing the disney world one and it was happening no matter what but the reason I think I developed a plantar fasciitis is because at that time in my life, I was so busy and I was training so much, I didn't have time to do yoga. I didn't have time to teach it and I quit doing it. And because I wasn't stretching that out and I wasn't working on that regularly like I had in the past, I developed this. 
I have absolutely no issues with plantar fasciitis since I got back into yoga and started really stretching it and doing that and making sure I had that that recovery. But just throwing that out there, I mean, it yoga is what honestly took care of it and fixed it for me. Yeah, and I, I mean, run now and don't have any issues. But that's what I that's what I think, and you know, I'm not like super mobility guy. And, right, 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 right. Don't do mobility as often as I should. But if you're trying to CrossFit six days a week, or if you're trying to power lift or stuff like this, I mean, I don't know what your your view on this is, but you know, kind of the science of it is that if you sit on a roller pin um, before you CrossFit, that actually works against you. There's the, the science is actually somewhat better afterwards. Yeah. But sort of what Meredith is talking about, where you're doing a little bit more active stretching with yoga and stuff like that, that's way more favorable for, um, you know, improving with exercise and being able to exercise a little bit more, you know. But a lot of the time, if you're if you're tight, if you're, you know, plantar fasciitis, all, all these overuse type things, rest is a big part of that, you know. Oh, so yeah. kind of keep that in mind. That if you can't rest, yes, you can do this, but rest should still be a component. Um, so yes. I don't want to get too distracted yeah. because I know right. we can go down that rabbit hole. Yes, we can. <laughs> but. Um, so I wanted to, I want to talk a little bit about um, your article, right? Yeah. And you know, I I don't want to kind of give this um, this impression. Because I know people have heard me talk about this on the podcast. I kind of brought this idea to Meredith, right? Yes. Even even brought like some text of here's where I think we could go with it. So just just so you guys know, um, when we write something, we're not trying to be clickbaity. Right. We're not trying to find the hottest button that we could hit so that we get interest on both sides. Right. You've got the people that are against you and the people that are for you. And then all of a sudden, you know, it creates like this gigantic burst and everybody's arguing. We don't really do. That. You know, we try no. to stay above the fray. And so, you know, when like the Me Too and Time's Up movement were starting to happen, um, we were already starting to think as a staff of, of, you know, how, you know, what we see from the and just to be just to be clear, these are for those that may not know, because I think there are some that may not know. These are these women empowering movements that have kind of swept the country within the last year. Yeah, because like me, too, as, as an example, as a man, you know, blew me away, you know, because. Um, you know, it really has its basis in, in sexual abuse, you right. know, and, um, and, and, and like you said, marginalizing a whole, you know, gender, you know, right. and I think when the numbers started to happen, it really started to kind of wake people up. I know it, it definitely did, did me. And so, so I brought kind of the, like, hey, this is an idea that, that we might want to be thinking about. And then Meredith was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this would be something that I would definitely want to talk about. And um, so, so just kind of give people a general synopsis of, of the article, okay. right? Um, and 
I, I just want people to understand that what we're trying to do with this or what Meredith's really trying to reach out is, is really make the connection of, you know, the, the idea of wanting to be less and the cost of that. Right. Yeah. And, and how that, and, and I, I'll just let you speak so you can kind of, kind of talk about it a little bit. Okay. So when we're looking at these, these women empowering movements, there's some underlying factors that aren't ever being discussed. Like the question is kind of why do women feel that they need to be empowered? That was kind of, kind of the first, first question. And what is making them feel that they aren't powerful? So we really, we really feel like that underlying, that lying cause is that women have this need to, to be, to be less, less, Weigh less, eat less, be smaller. Sometimes, in some instances, even be weaker per se. But and they honestly, they feel like that there's something. This is one of the points we were really trying to make that they feel like there's something missing in their life that being less will fix. So if I just lose this 10 pounds, then I'm that's going to fix this. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do whatever. But I think what they fail to realize and what what we don't ever address is if you aren't already happy and healthy, losing that 10 pounds isn't going to make any difference. I mean, you're not going to be happy when you, when you get there. And it goes the same as far as food. I mean, we, we think that if we eat less, then we're going to be less. We're going to weigh less. We're going to be smaller. And so we're really relating it to food. But it goes bigger than that. So when we do that, even even when we don't realize we're doing it sometimes, we are passing that on to future generations. We are, our girls, our young women that are around us, that we, our daughters, um, maybe women we interact with school or gym, these young, these young girls see that. And they're starting to realize too that, oh, I need to be, I need to eat less. I can't eat that. I got to be smaller. I need to weigh less. And I make this point in my article that I never want my, daughter to feel like she will be happier if she can just lose 10 pounds. Um, but then, but then also powerful women have the ability to change this world. I, women have such an amazing, um, we could change this world if we really wanted to, and we could change the way that, um, we view things. We are marketed to, um, weight loss products are marketed to women because women consume them more. And if we don't want our, our daughters to always see all these weight loss, um, what's the word I'm looking for? These weight loss commercials and all these advertisements that make them think that they need to be losing weight all the time and be dieting all the time. If we don't want them to see that, we have to change that. But, and empowering women in and of itself is not bad, but healthy, happy women are already powerful. And they don't need to be empowered. I, I, I think there's some really interesting things that that you're touching on there. You know, I mean, the one thing that I want to be careful of is that when we're sort of speaking in generalities, then people will go, you know, well, that's not the case for all women. And we agree. Right. Right. That, that there are a lot of women out there that do have a healthy relationship with food. There do have a healthy relationship with themselves. And, um, 
you know, that they're not necessarily going to be as susceptible to some of the things that, that Meredith's talking about. I think one of the things that's interesting about um, what you said related to your daughters is mm-hmm. I think that could also be argued to sons, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, like as an example, if, you know, mom is, is um, uh, you know, constantly counting calories and constantly trying to be less and, and things of this nature, um, what impact is that having on your sons and their potential relationships with women, right? Which I yeah. think is, is a really interesting point of view because I can say personally that, um, you know, my grandmother dieted her whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and she was, um, you know, she did deal with like an injury. I wrote an article about it. Um, you know, she was just like a bigger frame gal, right? Mm-hmm. She was not supposed to be like this small, you know, she's a farm girl from the South, you know? Um, and and the most beautiful woman that I've ever met, you know, until I met my wife, right? Um, and And just like touched my soul and touched so many other people's soul. But I do wonder like how much, of all of that, you know, chipped away at her self-worth, how much of it chipped away at her self-worth. And then I did, I did, you know, that did um, affect me, but go ahead. And I was just going to say, and that's something that we didn't talk, that I didn't mention yet, but as women, as we are, you know, thinking that we need to be less, as we're eating less, as we go to different extremes with our, with our dieting or, um, our need to, you know, we go through these extremes to fit into that bathing suit. We kind of brought up summer just a little bit. It's bikini season. Um, If we go to an extreme so we can look good in that, that bathing suit, eventually we're going to fail because those, those extremes aren't sustainable like at all. And so when we fail, then that is what starts to chip away at our self-esteem a little bit too, because then we think, Oh, well, I don't have, if I just had a little more self-control, if I just, had a little more discipline, if I could just stop doing eating sugar, if I could just make myself go to the gym more, that that's negative self-talk and that chips away at our, our self-esteem and isn't healthy. It's detrimental. So there's an interesting point that you're touching on because you're saying these things, but I don't think people are making the connection necessarily that there's a scientific relationship with depression and undereating. There's a scientific relationship with undereating and thyroid. There's a scientific relationship with, you know, really a whole host of things, sleep. You know, how much <laughs> undereating causes sleep? And then can that contribute to depression, right? Mm-hmm. So there is not, this This is not something that we're talking about just on a, on a, woohoo level, right? We're really talking about this from a scientific level that, you know, what I think happens for a lot of people is they'll spend a lot of research and a lot of energy on buying a car or a vacation or something like this. And they'll opt for like a quick fix type of thing. And all of a sudden, that rabbit hole, 20 years later, the repercussions are just 
astronomical and not only astronomical from your self-worth standpoint, right? But mm -hmm. really, you know, like, like Meredith says in the article, it's like death by 3.5 billion cuts, right? right? That, that over, you know, it was interesting because we were talking to, um, you know, we're hiring new people for the development team. And one of the, the guys uh, was from Barcelona. And he was talking to me about how, you know, our product was would not be popular in Barcelona just because no one has an obesity problem in Barcelona. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I begged to differ with him a little bit. He was a younger guy. And so, you know, he might not realize that, you know, and this is actually true for, for men. Um, and it's true for a lot of women um, in their early 20s where they don't really think about it all that much. And then all of a sudden at 25, or in my case, it was 30, you start thinking about it and then it, it just consumes you, you know, right. and well, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say from just, a, I don't want to dive into it too much in this, but just a little bit in my history, I have pretty much been dieting since I was 14 years old. And the reason was because when I was in eighth grade, it's a long story. I had these boys that thought it was really funny to tell me I was fat when I weighed 110 pounds at 5'7", and I was really active in um, basketball and volleyball. I played every sport you can think of, but that just got into me, and I so I started dieting and quit eating and all these things, struggled my whole life, but I was always constantly on a diet through my teens, through my 20s, um, had some repercussions because I, I actually um, had a hard time getting pregnant and staying pregnant because of these issues because of dieting and that over the excessiveness and then got into a healthy place was able after I had I have a son and a daughter after I had my daughter um, I've had major thyroid issues I started to have thyroid issues and struggled through into my I'm 38 for those of you that don't know and um, it wasn't it wasn't honestly until 34 35 where I started to be comfortable with myself and what I can do and my where I was at and be more happy with myself and my body and then developed a good relationship with food and honestly through each perform and learning to eat carbohydrates and learning to eat more and to eat better and use the food to fuel my body actually helped my thyroid and it helped um, uh, you know I had kind of a low underlying depression that whole time that I didn't even realize that I had and being able to eat more and be okay with eating more and not always striving for that last five or ten pounds I sleep better I don't sleep a lot because I do so much I need more sleep in my life I'm working on it but I sleep better um, my thyroid we were able to lower my thyroid medication um, and just all of these things my we talk about it hair got better nails got better all these things because I had gotten out of that consistent cycle of dieting but for so long, I beat myself up all the time. And it was like, gosh, if I could just make myself quit eating sugar. And it was like you said, those cutting yourself a billion times cuts away at your self-esteem and chips away. And I had really low self-esteem for a long, long time and had to fight back out of that. And it started because of dieting, to tell you the truth, and just those constant, those constant failures and not feeling good about myself and not sleeping and being depressed and having hormone issues because I wasn't eating enough. Um, all of these things I have lived myself. I'm in a really good place now, but 
I see that still happening with women that I talk to every single day and women that we deal with in our um, we talk to hundreds and hundreds of women every day that they just want to be less they want to eat less we're trying to give them more food to help their body and all they want is less they want to eat less they want to be less not necessarily perform better and be stronger and healthier and happier and we're we're passing that on to the next generation and it can be it's it's going to be detrimental to them if we can't change that um, that mindset. Yeah, and I think that you know the thing that once again we sort of have to be be careful of is um, that you know if you're in a physically unhealthy place, right? You, you might you might actually have um, you know some fat to use, right? Um, you might actually benefit from some weight loss, some fat loss, whatever. And then it's perfectly fine. I mean, you know, for both Meredith and I, I'm, I'm, there is an aesthetic component to why we work out and what we do and, and things of that nature. And, and, and you can do that and have a healthy relationship with yourself. So, you know, it's not, you know, sometimes it, of course, does make sense to, um, you know, from a physical health standpoint, but there's a lot of people that it's not about physical health, right? It really is more about, you know, that what's that last five pounds costing you, you know, or what's that want, you know, to be 17% costing you, you know? Right. And uh, you did mention carbohydrates. I, I, I think that, you know, we sort of kind of get this because it, there's just it's in the ether that carbs are bad for you. You know, in either form, our fats are high, too. Right. right. Like, you know, one, one of the this was very early on. Um, what we found was in sort of the trial and error that we do with clients that. You know, the people that performed the highest could get away with a lot more fats and a lot more carbohydrates. Um, and, you know, it really is sort of that activity level. Now, of course, we have, you know, now that we, you know, we're kind of fishing with a broader net, um, we often get people who go, well, you know, I'm not an Olympian. I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm not, you know, actually, it's sort of funny because I think. To the average person, CrossFitters are very active. I think, you know, Meredith and I both are CrossFit certified. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of variance <laughs> to CrossFit, right? Absolutely. CrossFit ability. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still sitting in the back of the class, not really pushing it all that hard and really kind of, you know, they're, they're not eating very much. And so their performance is always um, compromised. And I think that, you know, when we talk about kind of this, this mental piece, you know, I think part of it is also being able to kind of do exercise that you enjoy and, and really being comfortable from that standpoint. Cause I can tell you right now, as much as, you know, I love, weight training as much as I love running as much as I love all the things that I do when I'm 85 to 90 I don't want to be trying to kind of wear myself to the ground you know for what <laughs> right like, <laughs> what, what do I get from that 
you know? And I think that that's a little bit of, of what we're talking about, right? That, you know, when you have been marginalized in the past, whether it be from a, a payroll standpoint or, or the extremes that we were talking about with the Me Too movement, I think you do have to sort of analyze the psychological ramifications of what has happened to you and then what choices you made around that, right? And right. that's that's sort of the discussion that that we're we're trying to have because like I said, you know, once I started going down the dieting rabbit hole, you know, a lot of my addiction stuff started to come up, a lot of uh, of of you know, my relationship with my father has started to come up, my relationship with my grandmother. I mean, when I started to um, diet, a lot of the tapes that started to play with her journey really started to happening with my journey. And, you know, I mean, not to be pop psychological, but every single person reacts to that kind of stuff differently. So if, if mom is at home, you know, constantly trying to eat 700 calories a day, there's going to be one boy at the, the house. You know, I'm trying to stick to, to my lane. I, I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you guys, like my personal belief on on this, and and once again, this is this is just me talking about me. I'm not talking about you or what you should think, but I don't personally believe that I should have an opinion on Meredith's choices, right? I don't personally believe that I should have much of an opinion on my wife's choices or my daughter's choices. I live it as an example. I give the information that I can give out there, but. For the most part, I think that these things are, are very personal. But when you have one boy that's seeing mom, you know, eat less, you know, um, exercise eight hours a day, you know, all these extremes, right. you know, there's going to be some boys that, that look for, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities between my wife and my grandmother, right? Mm -hmm. and, and to me... I see that as, as a super positive. There are other boys that would look at that and then want the exact opposite, right? Um, right. Because, you know, because mom was always dieting, we never got to go to Dairy Queen. We never ate out. You know, we never, you know, went on vacation. You know, the things that Meredith and I hear on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. One of the stories that, that I was thinking of today was a review. And this was this was a woman um, that had lost 20 pounds with us um, in about, I'd say, two months. You know, it was a very short period of time. And she talked about how she loved the program and that that it was great. Um, but we were starting to get into the reverse phase and she wants to keep going. Right. And. Right. She um, doesn't realize that she can still keep going, right? And she can still make progress, maybe not the extreme progress that she was making, but that her body does need to go into phases so that mentally she can recover mentally. But what she wants to do, right, is to pull off the Band-Aid all at once. And it was really interesting because even as I'm talking to this, I wasn't making the connection of the two. 
but I was actually talking with someone that was on the other side that actually did do what this woman wanted to do, right? And her calories were extreme, her workouts got extreme, and you know, she privately said to me that um, she she thinks that it might be helpful for her now that you know she's on the other side of things that counseling might be something that that she would look towards because even though she's really happy about what she's accomplished that mentally there's still some things unresolved that she kind of did think that the extreme exercise and the weight loss would fix right right and that's a little bit of what we're talking about you know is 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 that you know there's a lot of rocks that you sort of want to keep under the thing that you think that would would be fixed by other rocks that you uncover but then you start to realize that until you deal with that rock you know um the, the, there's not a direct relationship between the two things well and that's and it goes back to where we we say that there really are a lot of people that believe that things are better or something's missing that that will get better when they when they're less, when they when they make themselves less, whether it's the eating less or the weighing less, and um, I mean, I was one of those people. I'm not there now. I'm in a really great spot, but I remember that. I remember thinking, "Gosh, if I can just lose that 10 pounds, I'll look good, then I'll feel good about myself." But that's it doesn't work like that because if you don't get to that point or you you fail along the way, then you it it chips away at that self esteem, like we talked about, and then we have deeper issues. But isn't that a little bit of a lie? I mean, like, 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 uh, uh, let me just challenge that yeah. for a second. Because I think that that's a really important discussion. And I think, I think if we're going to get to the honesty of what all this means for yeah. you and I both, right? Right. Becoming fit and losing weight has benefited us, right? But go, oh. with, go with me for just a second, okay. right? What the benefit that we got in the wrong hands they could view the weight loss as the reason why we're confident or the reason why we feel good about ourselves right or the fitness is the reason why we're we're and and if we were to take that out of the situation we wouldn't be near as confident i can say this for 100 percent fact right mm -hmm. you would have loved me at 250 pounds i was a fun guy right but <laughs> right. i i was still you know, confident. And I think the thing that people don't realize is I got to where I got because I loved that person the whole way long, right? The, mm -hmm. From 250 to 150, you know, I mean, yeah, I put on a little bit more muscle and a little bit more fat in the meantime, but my relationship with that is really different. But I, but I, I do want to be careful because we're, we're trying what we're trying to do is parse a couple ideas right and we don't want to kind of like you know um be negative about the benefits of, of course not. and the benefits of of you know maybe you know food being less on occasion of course um, not but but at the same time what we really are, are talking about here is 
I'm trying to make the connection of why? why you might be more susceptible to a message like that. Yeah. And why as a whole, you know, um, I mean, I am someone that does the marketing for a fat loss business, right? <laughs> I can right. tell you that the dollars that I spend to women are much more valuable than the dollars that I spend to men. Men are not as susceptible to this message. And we could argue about that point, right? Right. Like, like you know, I can say, you know, the, the men are more susceptible to ED commercials and testosterone yeah. commercials, right? Because, you know, it, that is actually sort of interesting if you think about it, right? Because um, I think your article is sort of making the argument that women are more susceptible and there might be reasons why they're more susceptible and uncovering some of those reasons might be helpful. But it's interesting when you look at it from the man's perspective. Every other commercial is like, a, a, you know, erectile dysfunction commercial. And every right. other commercial is testosterone booster. So think about the messages men are getting compared to the messages the women are getting. The messages that men are getting is be more manly. If you yeah. take this, this will make you more manly. Yes. Right. And, and the message that women are getting, I'll let you say it. <laughs> is you need to be less. You need to weigh less. You need to, to be smaller. You need to eat less. And then you'll be desirable and you'll be happy and you'll be have all more, these things that you want. More of a woman. Yes. Yeah. If you're less. If you weigh yeah. less, if you eat less, if you're smaller, you'll be more of a woman. And we haven't even brought this up, but... We see, we haven't even talked about the progress pictures. We see progress pictures from men and women. And the comments that we get on the women's progress pictures, and we, we point this out, it's not just men that are making these comments. It's women, too. And they'll be like, the men will say, oh, that's, she's too bulky. I don't like my women to look like that. She doesn't even look like a woman. But the women say that, too. Oh, I don't want to look like that. That's too manly. I don't want to look like a man. I want to look like a woman. Yeah, it is so odd to me that, that you know, the Internet culture, um, you know, on the one hand, um, I mean, we we straight up don't even do a lot of before and afters because we don't want to put people out there like that, you know. Right standpoint of of being you know abused almost right uh, because people can sit behind a keyboard and be really mean yeah it's it's just it's just on the on the other hand you know um people do kind of want to know what happens and and you know we will often talk to people and say you know we'll we'll try to protect you i mean you know when you go to these before and after you go to the photos You'll be like, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, that's because we banned and deleted like 40 people because they were being inappropriate with the, the right. pictures. But um, yeah, that is what's being marketed to men. Here, take this, be more manly. But to women, it's be less, and then you're more of a woman if you're less. And, and that, so I guess, is kind of the heart of what we're trying to, trying to get at and what my article is trying to get at is that 
that's not brought up. We're not that's not talked about. Like these women empowering movements, we talk about being powerful women, but we're not talking about why we don't feel powerful in the first place and why we feel like we need to be less. Well, so, there was a there was a great there was a great piece on 60 minutes. Um where the I, I just love this guy from Salesforce. It made me want to actually buy Salesforce because <laughs> um, he was talking about you know the disparity related to um, women in powerful positions, okay. right? Yeah. And um, he was even in his culture, which you know he was one hundred percent for all the positive things they still kept finding themselves in this pattern over and over again. And mm -hmm. it's something that I think about as the leader of Eat to Perform. I mean, the one thing that I am quite proud of with Eat to Perform is that if you look at the percentage of clients that are Eat to Perform clients, right, um, you will see more women, you know, I mean, it's it's about 80-20, you know, where um, for every 80 women, there's 20 men. Um, it's about 80-20, you know, uh, I'd say probably more like 40-10, but, you know, there's about 10 guys on staff and there's about 40 women on staff, you know, and so uh, that's something that I will always pay attention to, always try to put, you know, I look at April as an example, mm -hmm. who's one of the, um, you know, my right-hand woman, all along and she was really instrumental right off the bat because when I started writing the blog I did not think that women were going to show up I wasn't like that wasn't my thought process I wasn't going after women right um, and I just knew April and I knew her views towards food we had kind of grown together in a fitness standpoint and uh, and then Lori, you know, with like the PCOS and and we all have thyroid issues. I also have thyroid issues from from my dieting. Now my thyroid issues are, are less. I still see symptoms of it occasionally, but I don't have to take any medication any longer. I do have to be a little bit more aware of food, um, and so that's something that uh, we have to keep in mind. So we did talk, uh, uh, did did you wanna kind of finish things up on that discussion, but, but people should look out for Meredith's article. We're gonna put it out on Sunday. I do really hope that, you know, people kind of take it on its face and that we're not trying to uh, create controversy, right? What we want to, we, we want people to think about is that there is a connection and that, um, you know, is there a way for you to view it from a holistic standpoint to where it, it can maybe help you from the standpoint of how you view yourself and how you view your relationship with food? Yeah, and the one other thing that I, we, I wanted to bring up is there was a, and again, I talk about this more, but why why are we doing the things that we're doing? Why are we working out? Why are we choosing the foods that we're eating? Um, is it because we feel like we, we need to to be less, or is it because we want to be healthy and strong and we want to um, be a good example to our kids of what healthy is? Or 
is it because we're fighting for that last 10 pounds or we're fighting for that that need to, oh, if I get there, I'm going to feel better, um, trying to fix something by by way, you know, doing these things in these extremes. And you think that there's, I mean, just if I'm reading you right, you yeah. think that there's a difference, right? A hundred percent I do because I've lived that difference and I know that difference. I know what it's like to to be um, working out just to um, just to get to that lower number or eating less just to be to be smaller um, where now my my viewpoint now is I work out because I feel good when I work out I look better when I work out I know I do and but that helps me when I'm lifting weights um, I feel I like muscles I think muscles are sexy and I want them and I feel better about myself when I'm lifting not because I think I need to be smaller, but because I, it makes me feel good doing that, if that makes sense. And I know I'm getting healthier. I, I like to run. I like to do other cardiovascular exercises because I have, I mentioned this, I have a, a family history that predisposes me to high cholesterol and um, heart disease. Um, so I do those cardiovascular exercises so my, I can live for a long time. And then yoga is my stress relief. It always has been. It's not just the mobility part of it. I do yoga because... I mentally feel better when I do it. And then there's CrossFit and CrossFit. I know people, some people's view on CrossFit is crazy, but I do CrossFit because I love it. I love that competitiveness of it. We talked last time about how competitive I am and, and the community of it. I love the community setting of CrossFit and what that's given me. And so for me, there is definitely a difference. Um, the food choices that I make are, are different because I'm doing it from a healthy standpoint, but also an enjoying to enjoy life a little bit. I'll make choices. I won't not eat something just because I'm told I can't or just because I, in my mind, some, you know, I've heard something that I'm not supposed to eat that because I won't be healthier. I won't help. I won't lose weight if I eat that. Um, but yeah, I think there's a definite difference in doing all of these things to make ourselves less or doing all of these things so we can be healthy and happy. Well, I think, you know, I think that's a great, great way to end it. Um, I do want to um, talk to any guys who are still listening. Right? <laughs> um, because what Meredith said related to the little boys on the playground, we need to be standing up as fathers and saying that that's unacceptable. Both, you know, fat shaming in general is, is unacceptable, but definitely male to female from a power standpoint. But I think there's another thing, too, that comes up every now and again. And I just want to say that it embarrasses me as a man when men talk to women um, about their weight. Um, if you're a fitness professional and you talk to someone um, about their weight where in a judgmental way, Right. I mean, I think that the way that you have to be able to approach this kind of thing is uh, where you're using probing questions where the client is directing the conversation. You know, um, I, I've heard trainers, you know, refer to people as fat. You know, um, I've heard, you know, all manner of things, definitely husband to, to wife type stuff. And um, it just makes me embarrassed to be a man, right? And uh, 
I feel like if you're a, a, a trainer, if you're a boss, if you're, a, you know, a, well, husband is is really more should be more equal. Right. I mean, if a husband is talking to uh, their wife, um, they're trying to establish power in that relationship that should be equal. Right. Like, right. Um, and so so as a man, I think we need to step up and say, I'm willing to relinquish some of the power that I've gotten wrongly. Right. Like that's where I think, um, you know, in that whole movement that we talked yeah. about it in the beginning, you know, um, as a man, I'm embarrassed. Uh, you you mentioned the thing. I I remember talking to my stepsister. I talked about this, you know, where you know we used to call her Margie Moose, right? Um, and I mean, I did that podcast where I admitted that, and I immediately I said I just want to apologize for for <laughs> when you were eight years old and and any any negative things that that came up as a result of that, but. You know, I do wonder, is there a way for men to step up in that situation and say, I gained power over you in this situation by doing this, and I apologize, and that I, I that is not who I want to be. And I think that's what the Me Too movement is about, and we're not saying that that's bad. I hope that nobody ever takes that. I mean, I I think it's great that women in general are banding together and having and supporting each other through some horrible, horrific things that have kind of come out, like especially with like the Me Too movement and the um, Times Up movement. But um, what they're trying is they're saying that these men um, exercised power over them in a way that was not okay. And as women, though. We need to know that it is okay to be powerful women and to not be less. And that we don't need to be less just to be more of a woman. So yeah. we're not we really we just want to make sure that people know that we're not saying that these movements are are bad and that we don't agree. We just don't feel like some of these things were addressed. Is why do we feel as women that we need to be empowered? Why are we letting these situations happen? Why are we allowing these these men in these situations to have power over us? And it's I, it's because there's something in us fundamentally, you know, in our society and in the way we were raised and people around us that we think that we need to be less. And I, that is the point that we don't believe has ever really been brought up, and I don't believe is talked about enough. And as it relates to just to be clear, as it relates yes. to food. As it relates to food, yes. As food, it relates food to food, food. Food and exercise, yeah. Food, exercise, and dieting, and those those extremes that really cut away at our self-esteem and really make us feel less and feel like we need to be less. And it's those things that we just don't feel like we're brought up, and I, I, we, I just wanted those to be out there and people to discuss them so that as – as a, as women as a society that we can try and change that so that we don't pass that on so we can stop that cycle of um of abuse if you will and um not let the next generation need a me too movement yeah 
No, that's but I was gonna say something, but there's nothing better than what you just said. So I'm gonna end on that note. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about summer. We mentioned that we would talk a little bit about that because um, it's been a little crazy around here <laughs> with summer yeah, coming up. It's you know what once the the bikini diets and nine day resets and thirty day everything. Um, starts to, to hit the timelines and starts to go all over Instagram, you know, it has a negative mental effect on, on a lot of people. So I wanted to talk a little bit of, you know, in closing about how we do it and why we do it that way and, and why it's, it's important. Right. So from my standpoint, you know, I live in Minnesota, as I think a lot of people know, and um, actually uh, Meredith is from Kansas City, so we don't live too far from each other. We're about eight yeah. hours away. So this is about the time of year where it starts to get nice for us. You know, that's gorgeous here today. So yeah. and what a lot of people don't realize is that your energy levels naturally go up when the sun is out, when you're able yeah. to be up more you're going to have more steps and activity and things of this nature and so um it, it kind of goes back to the want to lose 50 pounds thing you know that i was talking about a little bit earlier it's like in terms of you know showing more skin during the summer and and things of that nature if you can kind of get the tide rolling in a certain way right um you're going to have a more positive you know feeling as it relates to body image and stuff like this in general right and part of the argument that i made in in one of the articles that i you know published this week you know on the on the facebook page was that it really is that these constant dieting calendars right you're going to be dieting around the first of the year and then we diet for bikinis and then we diet for vacation and then it's a nine day real food reset and then it's <laughs> surgery and it's freezing fat off. Right. And it's all these different things. That is a little bit of the discussion that we talked about earlier. But then if you want to get away from it. Right. What. We really encourage people to do is kind of use the summers as a way to really push work capacity to really Absolutely. you know kind of the the beast mode thing because let's be real right grad season's coming uh you know you're probably going to be eating a little bit more ice cream during the summer you're going to be having more barbecues you're going to want to be outside the best thing you could possibly do for both your physical and mental health is to take these that level of flexibility and use it to become a more capable human being. And I've used that before, and maybe I need to analyze whether or not that that's a, that's a legitimate thing to say. People have, have called me out on this, Meredith, <laughs> that I'm an ableist, right? Which is something I wasn't even really aware you could be. But I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying to you, if you have a disability, that you should ignore that disability. But what I am saying is even if you have a disability, that whatever your abilities are, exploring those to the potential limits right. will actually allow you to sort of figure out who you are as a human being a little bit, right? And right. so 
that I think is is ultimately positive. And so if you want to kind of get out of the, the dieting rabbit hole for the summer, and if you just want to throw on the, the bikini or the board shorts in the case of men or, or whatever it is, you know, just beast moding it up in the gym will give you a level of confidence. And that's if you're running, if you're weightlifting, if you're yoga, you know, whatever it is. Rucking, hiking, I mean, all those things, biking, you know, swimming. Yeah, the, just being, you know, last year we tried to um, paddleboard, you know, more. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, yeah. summer paddleboarding. And hopefully this summer we actually paddleboard even a little bit more. Um, the lakes here, you know, cold. don't always get warm. <laughs> you know, They're cold. That's the problem there. But I, but I think that, um, you know, who you're listening to, you know, in that regard, I mean, it, it, is the person, you know, we always kind of look at the business model. And our business model is really um, more about you performing better as a human being. And it's not about, you being less all the time. And right. so, you know, uh, you know, in the book, you know, Tracy Mann talks about, uh, you know, her secrets from the eating lab book that the business model of dieting is you failing. Right. Because the more you fail, the more you need right. them. Right. It's like right. the ultimate abusive relationship. Right. And so, you know, who you listen to, is pretty important and we're always going to push you even to the detriment of losing you right because let's be real we know every single day all of your friends are doing metabolic resets and doing keto and all these things and you yeah. it's very difficult and then you've got the, the isogenics people trying to sell you you know their detoxes and flushes and stuff like this so the messages are tough you know right but it's it's a matter of, you know, one of the things that people always talk about with Eat Reform is that it's sort of like an island, that they'd actually almost want to live amongst that group because oh, yeah. the messages are just different, yeah. you know. And so so hopefully, you know, uh, I mean, if if you're, you're looking to try a different approach this summer, um, we'd sure like to have you. And... Uh, but if you're already a member, and obviously thousands of people are, summer's an awesome time to be an eat to performer, right? Oh yeah. Because that's when that's when you know we all have a little bit more energy. It it does have me thinking a little bit of you know, um, it's sort of funny because, and we'll we'll I guess we'll end on this note unless you, <laughs> you wanted to bring up, but but. Um, I tease Brad about being from Spokane, Washington, because it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. Like, like literally, there's Seattle, Spokane, and then Minneapolis, and there's like this big middle part. And I'm probably offending all of North Dakota right now, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like this. But, but, but if you've ever driven that, you know, like, get gas a lot because there's right. no gas stations. Very um, vast. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I joke that. Um, you know, Spokane and, and our main developer lives in Arkansas. Um, and they're always positive about where they live. And I was like, at least have the self-respect to admit this 
Spokane's in the middle of nowhere, man. At least I have the ability to integrate Minneapolis at all times based on how cold it is, you know. But the reality is, is that Minnesota, especially in the summer, is an amazing place. Yeah. You know? um, but so so we'll end on that note. Um, anything cool happening for you this weekend? Um, no, nothing real exciting. We're taking. I've got a hot date with my husband tonight, and then um, we have we're going to see Avengers because we love all those Marvel movies. And then we have a tradition, and we go take the kids the next day. So they're mad at us at the moment because we go see it without them first. <laughs> go see it tomorrow with them. But then I have a. There's some of the athletes from our gym have a CrossFit competition, and I'm going to go up and um, support them and help coach them and. And then Sundays are our day to just be a family, and yard work needs to be done, of course, because it's gorgeous out. Today is absolutely beautiful. I should have sat outside and done this podcast, but it's this is the kind of days in Missouri you live for because they're just gorgeous. Yeah. So. so just kind of a low-key family weekend, but, yeah, how about you? Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. Actually, way more low-key than you. I mean, we're <laughs> really trying to – to uh, chill out. I am actually going to, um, we did kind of confirm a trip uh, with going to visit my dad in Jackson, Mississippi. So I'll be in Mississippi. Um, I, I won't be stopping in anywhere or <laughs> seminars or anything like that. But if somebody lives near there, wants to have a cup of coffee, we might be able to figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we actually have one or two weekends that are relatively chill, so I'm trying to like take advantage of that. You, know, you have to protect those, I think, because we're so busy with kids and family and everything else we do. When you have a weekend like that, like where that's how we are. Like, let's just protect that weekend and. Yeah. So it. how do you? So just out of curiosity, uh, how do you movie? Like, uh, are you gonna? IMAX it or do you do like the lounge chairs or we oh we love that we've got it we've got the whole lounge chairs with the um we and the kids we have spoiled them and let them come and so now they don't think there's any other way to watch movies but in a reclining yeah. chair <laughs> there is no other way to watch movies there is no other way to watch movies what so, I love yeah. is, what, I, what I love is the lounge chair movie theaters where the people are coming in with blankets and pillows you know I don't know that I've ever seen that. Oh, gosh. I've seen that so many times where they come in with, like, blankets and pillows and teddy bears and stuff like that. Okay, I'm going to be that person now. I'm going to go with a blanket. Oh, yeah. You go up in, like, a a onesie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? No. (laughs) A onesie with a catheter. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, Paul. It's been fun. I've taken it too yeah, but I hope everybody got something from this podcast today and that, you know, if you have, of course, have any questions, you can hit us up in the in the Better Dieting group, to, you know, ask and when the article comes out. I hope you read it with an open mind and see it for what it's meant, what it's meant for. So that's kind of my caveat or my end. Yeah, I think, I think, so to end on that note, I think, I think when, you know, you, one of the big benefits of, of, you know, what Meredith is doing there and a little bit of what I try to do um, is just kind of expose people to some of those mental hurdles that you might not have thought about that you had, you know, that yeah. would be would be kind of nice to take a look at every now and again. And, and I think that's really the core of the article is that, 
you know, it's, it's, it's when you've been marginalized, how do you react to that? You know, and uh, hopefully people take it for that. So we'll end on that note. Um, have a great weekend, Meredith. And um, oh, you too. And everybody else, have enjoy the so, weekend. So just so everybody knows, we do building blocks next week, and then better dieting. Um, we haven't really had much of a need, but if we if we start to get to the point where it's just that popular, maybe we can do them a little bit more often. But this feels like a pretty good groove the way we have it right now. So, all right, guys. Talk to you later, guys and gals. Um, <laughs> yes, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye now.